0: Hi, I'm Pastor Will. Hey listen, I just thought of an awesome, awesome way of sharing little nuggets, you know, throughout the day, various times, with people that may feel impressed to uh, just listen to something uh, to maybe get a little wisdom from. Uh, And so I'm gonna be, it's gonna be named, it's gonna be entitled, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm kinda excited. It's gonna be entitled Walking with Will. And it's, it's, it's designed that every day I go on a walk with my dog, and you'll hear the traffic going you know in the background and you hear me talking to the dog and speaking to neighbors and all that uh i'll be talking about various things and, and whatever things that bubble up out of my spirit uh with what i'll talk about and i i just believe that when anointed folks release stuff out of them it can come out of them anointed anointed to do what's necessary so my prayer is as you listen to this this will maybe speak wisdom to you for where you are. So, God bless you, enjoy walking with Will, and um, hopefully you'll hear more than Will at the end. God bless you, Bye. Hey everyone, I'm going on my daily walk with my dog. and something bubbling. This thought bubbled up in my spirit, on my heart. And it came from a conversation I was having with my wife. About a conversation she was having with one of of my new sons or one of her sons. (laughs) I kind of, what I've done is, uh, you know, I already have my, I have, well, I have two kids that I, actually three kids I raised up, but two that actually came out of me. But, uh, so whenever, whenever, um, people ask me about my, Wife, kids—I call them my new sons, or my new daughter, because I just believe the term "stepkids" and all these other names—you know—I mean—they're they, just—they're inaccurate if you're going to have a real relationship with people. Uh, I raised up a child in my house, and if i didn't look at her as a daughter then i wouldn't do a good job raising her so i tried to be as much as a father to her without her calling me dad as i could and that's just the key but uh i'm going somewhere i didn't want to go there but listen so my my thought thought was after talking with my wife she was having one of those conversations with one of her sons and um that she gets to have because she's a mom, she's a mom to them. And 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 I realized as she was telling me some of the things about the conversation, I realized that there are some individuals that never had the opportunity to grow up with the input of a male voice and a male point of view without an agenda with nothing more than just the want of uh, things to work out in that child's life, and that's never had access to it from from a kid on up. So if I'm going through as a little young kid, a boy, as as and I can't imagine it, but growing up with a father, I mean, a father that was present, a father that a father that knew how to raise kids, a father that knew how to have a voice into your life, and so. Uh, I, I I I don't even know how to think. What I would be without that input. So, but then you got to realize, I mean, just the, the hand that the life deal, deals people sometimes. Uh, sometimes, ladies, uh let's, but for no better no better way of saying it. Sometimes you make a bad choice and you make a baby with the wrong guy. He he's not the guy you want speaking into your kids life. He's a loser. He's a loser and um you can't do nothing about it. Some folks aren't made to be good parents. They just aren't. I mean for whatever reason. Well, back to what I was saying. So it's it's not about anything other than sometimes there's some people that just don't rise to the occasion to be the parent they need to be. In your child's life or in that individual's life. And consequently, they get used to growing up without that voice, without that other perspective gonna, that they're going to eventually grow up to be if they're a young man and they're looking to, to have a father. And if they're a, a young woman, a young child, girl, uh, the voice of a father to show her how to choose the right young man. I mean, if, they, if they're not present, then I mean, in the military, we call it absent without leave. Or AWOL so there's gonna be some there's gonna be some discrepancies in how they may see things that's different than how someone that grew up with that father coaching in their life or or correcting them and speaking into their life there's gonna be a different way of looking at things I remember growing up when when I would go out for sports and primarily I did the basketball thing and uh, but I've seen I've, I've seen the coaching for football and I did some track and, and some track and field anyway, and some other things, but volleyball, and I've had some strong dominant coaches and they were great coaches, man. I mean, they were great. They would get in my stuff, and tell me I need to work on my basics, tell me when I, I wasn't bringing 100% to the game. And I uh, mean, really get up in my stuff. And I understood it as that. What I couldn't understand was my best friends that I was neighbors with that had a single mom when he would get into their stuff just like he got into my stuff and now on the way home the conversation is about how sorry that coach is how mean that coach is and how dare him insult me like he've insulted me and, and and what I didn't know then is when you're not used to a man correcting you and getting all up in you the way a man would do, when he cares and he's passionate about you, then you'll mistake correction for an attack. You'll mistake, I mean, a dominant heart to be someone that's controlling and, and don't want to let you be you and all the other good stuff that they, they say when when they don't, they misunderstand great mentors and great coaches. He's mean. He's, I mean, he. He's, he's not caring, he's insensitive and in all the other words they say. well, guess what? sometimes coaches don't have time to be sensitive they get they, they, their job is to make you get back to your basics and be the best you can be and sometimes that's gonna come through some stern in your face you know input. I just the way it is and so 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 I realized looking back at it that sometimes great mentors or great coaches or just strong correction can be misunderstood if you didn't have that type of input in your life coming up. I mean, it just, it just, I mean, it just, it's it's looked at wrong. One of my mentors taught me something that I'll never forget and I'd like to share it with you. And he said, Will, we see from where we sit man, the first time I heard that, I'm like, what are you saying? What? It sounds so simple, but man, it is so profound. The reason people don't agree all the time is because they're in different positions in their life. They're in different positions in their status of how they look at things. They're in different positions in in their experiences. I mean, some of them are in You know, a healthy place. Some of them are wounded from the past life experiences. Some of them look at things through the filters of fear. Some of them look at things through the filters of self doubt. Some of them look at things through the filters of, you know, the man's trying to get me. So, I mean, you got all these different filters of people looking at the same thing. So, consequently, you're not going to even see the same thing and it is the same it's it's one particular thing in front of you but you all going to see something different it reminds me of <laughs> it reminds me of when i uh, i took my son's mother to Den- denmark yeah well, we, we went to denmark and we uh copenhagen or somewhere and uh, we having we're having breakfast and man, it's it's really nice. I mean, it's a it's like a four-star restaurant. I mean, you got the waiter with the you know the nice out, butler outfit, and he got the towel around his over his sleeve, and you know they're serving your food and this and that, and and um. By the way, their breakfasts, their breakfasts are drastically different <laughs> than what I grew up with, and so. uh Consequently, there was no faces and grits and eggs and all that kind of stuff. You had, to, yeah, I guess it was more of a colonial you know, breakfast. I guess is that what they call it? Well, no, you're gonna you're gonna have the you're gonna have the bagels and you're gonna have the uh, little slices of meat and some cheeses and all this. Oh yeah, by the way, they had the small boxes of cereal. You know, and I was young back then, and uh, so uh, I didn't un- I didn't understand the bagels and all that kind of stuff. So I'd say, well, okay, you you can't go wrong. They had the frosted flakes, they had the corn flakes, they had the uh, fruit loops, they had, you know, various things that I-, I was familiar with. So I asked for a particular cereal, and I asked for you know, just some whole milk. And when uh, they brought the milk out, man, the milk looked so funny. It, made, it looked it kind of light brown, man. Like, oh, wait a minute. And I told him, oh, no, I, I, could you bring me another glass of milk, please? And uh, he brought the second glass of milk, and it was just as brown as the other one. I said, I don't want chocolate milk because it was, it was too light to be chocolate milk, but it looked, looked kind of dirty, tainted like, you know? And uh, the third time I asked for the milk, <laughs> My son's, my son's, uh, my son's mama. She asked me, she said, "Could it be the shades you're wearing? <laughs> Could it be the shades you're wearing that make the milk look a little different?" Oh man, I was so embarrassed because that's exactly what it was. There was nothing wrong with the first glass of milk or the second. <laughs> it was mr cool sitting up there with those shades on those tinted shades on trying to be as cool as he can be in another country being that american dude sitting up in there doing as big as he ever done it before and through the filters of those shades that whole milk looked it tainted it looked it off white it looked it And there wasn't anything wrong with the milk. It was all me and the lenses I chose to put on. Sometimes life would cause you to look at things through certain lenses of your experience, of your psyche, of your emotions, of your way of thinking, the place from which you sit. And until you realize that you, you see from where you sit and many times you speak from where you sit, and so if you're going to ever come to an understanding with whoever you're talking to, you need to know where they're sitting, what what direction they're coming from, so you can be able to connect with them. So you'll be able to identify with what they're saying and know exactly where they're coming from. Well, look, like I said, this is just really uh, a walk with will. Sometimes I'm gonna come out the Bible, sometimes I'm gonna come out of, you know, just the issues of life. But what, what I do know is until you're invited in a person's life, you don't, you don't have access to speaking to them, to their life. Even though you may have the best thing they could ever need for advice, I found this, until they until they ask for it, you get to keep it to yourself. Because it's, you know, it's not appreciated, and it's, it's, it's giving your pearls to someone that won't appreciate it. Your pearls of wisdom, your pearls of experience. How dare you tell me why I didn't ask? I mean, that's the way that a young mind might think. So you just gotta wait your turn. So even though I, I, I could listen to, you know, the conversation, even though it wasn't being directed to me, there's some input I have that can be helpful, but it's still not authorized. So I said, you know what? I know. I just share online wisdom that a man or woman that wants to see from another angle the wise things of life. And let's see where that comes from so, hey, a walk with will might bubble up any kind of wisdom you may need for the day. And uh, I trust the Lord, speak to your heart and help you see some things just by listening to me. All right? One of the things I do bring to the table is a wealth of experience. Uh, where are we at? Been in ministry since 1977 that's a few years, 87, 97, 07, 17, that's 40, (laughs) 18, 19, 20, 21, 44, and you take away three or four years because of having hiccups, what's up man, alright, so over 40 years of ministry, I bring that to the table, 20 years of the army, Two years of being a drill sergeant i mean just a wealth of experience of dealing with people one thing about the military look it it baptized me with and when you say baptized me i mean it submerged me with the experience of various people from various areas that uh I never heard of before and I never thought like they did before. So consequently I wasn't in the same place for 20 years and never thought but one way because I went through too many different places where you had various people from all over the world they had different ways of looking at it and sometimes sometimes they were your roommates sometimes they were your supervisors Sometimes they were you, your work buddies. And you end up learning how to look at things differently. You end up learning how to have a different perspective. You end up learning how to be more multicultural. Which is the best thing. Because uh, no one culture got it down. Right? Hey, let me give you something out of the scriptures real quick because I believe. That out of all the things a person can say, unless you give them something that will never change. I say never change. And that's the word of God. You still haven't given them the best thing. Something that lasts. Because the Bible says everything is going to fail. But Jesus said my words will last forever. Out of Mark chapter 5 verse 1. It refers to, and I'm not going to read it. It refers to Jesus coming, arriving from the other side of what it says, you know, on the um, other side of the sea. And as he arrived, he came to a man that had been, you know, I would say for no other reason, he had been uh, chained, with the chain. he was able to break the chains, he had been tied up with ropes; he was able to break the rope, he was demon-possessed. The brother had issues. Uh, there was a voice when he saw Jesus spoke out of the man and say, are oh, you coming to torment me before my time? The brother was having some serious issues. The thing I want to share with you is, first of all, he lived amongst the tombs. This man lived where the dead was. So here we have a living man living in a dead situation. I want to talk to somebody that knows that you're in a dead situation. and You wonder why you can't get any life out of it. Uh, well, hello. It's a dead situation. <laughs> you're not supposed to get life out of it. She's a married man. She's a married woman. I'm sorry. She's a married man. <laughs> She's a married woman. You can't get much out of that. She already got somebody. Oh, he's a married man. You're not gonna. It's a dead situation. You can't go any further than where it is. Okay. I mean, it's illegal what you're doing. You can't get you. You look. You may be making money, but it's illegal. There is no retirement plan for folks to continually have a lifestyle of doing illegal stuff. I mean, I mean, you just don't see it. Why? Because eventually the law is going to lock you up. So you got to understand, if you're living amongst the dead things, all you're going to do is produce dead issues. That's what you see this guy's in. He's in a graveyard and amongst the dead stuff. The Bible also said that there was an unclean spirit on him. Sometimes people people can have just a wrong outlook, a wrong spirit. Not not that they're bad people. They just came up a different way, and they're going to do what they do, and what they do don't mix with society. Excuse me, because of that, you know, it's going to be a foul spirit on them. Don't judge them. They realize the Bible says two cannot walk together except they be agreed. So if you're walking with somebody you can't connect with, it good, it'll be a good thing to step off. Let them be them, let them do them. And you go find someone that you can walk with, walk in step with. As in the military, they call it walking in step. Whenever you see people in a parade marching, they're normally supposed you'll normally see them walking in step. Whenever they find themselves out of step there, they do a quick step called change step. And there'll be a little hop and then that left foot that was normally striking the ground, when their right foot was uh, striking the ground, it would change and you would see them walking in step. But sometimes, if you're not willing to change step, you may need to step away. Amen? So you see uh, this brother, you know, he's going through all that stuff. He's got a foul spirit on him. And then he he sees Jesus and he begins to cry out to him. I don't have time to really dive into this, but the main thing I want to share with you is that as a young man, as a young woman, make sure that you look to Jesus. Make sure you look to Jesus for an example on how to live. He's the one that did it flawlessly. I promise you, you can't go wrong when you do that. Hey, I gotta go. I'm just walking back up the steps. Just wanted to talk to you briefly, let you know um, this message, what we call it, um, walking with Will. We're gonna be doing it every time we step out here and we remember to do it. And um, it's designed to just be a a little input into your life, something you can listen to briefly. I remember my dad used to have a conversation with me, and man, I treasure those times. I mean, he would—he would call us in, me and my brother in the room, and we would sit in front of him. He'd be sitting on the bed or laying in the bed. He would just tell us what to expect out of life. He'd tell us what to expect out of dating. He'd tell us what to expect when working for, working for someone. He'd tell us what to expect you know, when you lose your mom and your dad. Man, some of them things were uncomfortable, uncomfortable situations. Come on, you. Nobody wanted to talk about daddy going nowhere. Daddy, you ain't going nowhere. Don't talk about that. We didn't want to, we didn't want to hear daddy talk about you know, what, what to do when him and mama are not around. But dad knew being a good dad requires talking about those uncomfortable things. And I do appreciate him. Sometimes you'll find to be the best person you need to be speaking into the lives of those you love, you're going to have to be willing to go into those uncomfortable areas. Sometimes I hear my wife say, well, they don't want to hear it. Yeah, they probably don't. You shouldn't force yourself on them. Nah, you're right. I probably shouldn't. But the bottom line is, if you don't tell them, who going to tell them? That's my thing. If, if I don't tell them what they need to hear, who gonna tell them? You can't unhear it. <laughs> Once I tell you, you can't unhear it. You can tell me you don't receive it. That's okay. We'll put it on the shelf. You don't need to receive it now. We'll just put it on the shelf. You may be, you may be able to go into it. Well, God bless you. I'm standing on the uh, ledge here getting ready to go in. i walk with Will. I think this will be a blessing to a lot of folks At least the ones that listen to it You take care